Well, hi, everyone. Daniel Williams here, senior editor at MGMA and host of the MGMA Podcast Network. I am glad to welcome Taylor Johnson with us today. Taylor is an MGMA member and is manager of physician practice development at the American Medical Association. And Taylor raised her hand. She uh, reached out as part of our outreach to get MGMA members um, sharing their stories. So Taylor, welcome to the MGMA podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. <laughs> We're excited. I mean, I, I have been uh, championing, championing uh, the MGMA member spotlight podcast for a year now. I don't know why it took me four years to realize this is a great way to get uh, the MGMA members on the podcast to share their stories and to um, share some of the challenges that they have and some of the solutions they've come up with. And it's, so it's so cool and it's neat to have you on the show. So with all that said, Tell us a little bit about your background in healthcare, how you got involved in it in the first place, sort of that origin story, and um, maybe what some of your superpowers are, or uh, if there are no, if they're just mere mortal superpowers, then uh, you can just share that with us as well. But it's just so cool to have you on here. Yeah, I don't know about superpowers, but um, <laughs> I started in healthcare um, while I was pursuing my undergraduate degree. Um, in health management at uh, Loyola Chicago. Um, and that was uh, 10 years ago. Um, and so while I was um, completing my undergraduate degree, we, um, in order to graduate, we had to do many internships um, for each course in different fields of healthcare. And so while I was doing that, um, I realized that I wanted to be in an outpatient setting and specifically in um, an independently owned practice, just because of the opportunities that I saw um, to quickly implement some of those changes on the administrative side um, and the practice management side of things. Um, and so after I graduated, um, I work, I've worked in practice management for two different independent practices, um, as well as um, a healthcare consulting uh, company that contracted with all different types of healthcare organizations in all practice settings across the country. So um, that was really cool to do some transformation work there. Um, and then a little over two years ago, I was hired at the AMA um, to lead their work on physician practice development. And so here I am now. <laughs> that, that is so cool. Now, I'm going to ask you more about that role in just a sec. But first, you we were talking offline that you're in the suburbs, in the Chicago area. I love Chicago. Um, I've spent several different vacations, a couple of conferences in Chicago, but it has earned its moniker of the Windy City. I tell people this all the time, as much as I love Chicago, it's still the coldest I've ever been in my life. I was there in January at a conference and I I'm a book nerd and I was looking for a particular used bookstore and I was going by foot and the winds were coming off the lake. What? Tell me, how do you survive the winters yes. and how are you doing right now there? <laughs> well, um, that is very timely that you're asking because we're in the middle of our first big winter storm and we've got wind gusts up to, you know, 30, 40 miles per hour today. And it's been yeah. snowing all day and doesn't look like it's going to stop. So it's a lot of layers, um, yeah. a lot of inside activities. Um <laughs> Like my dad always used to say, if, you know, 
anything that's not covered up, it's going to be freezing. So make sure that you are covered from head to toe uh, <laughs> if you go outside in the wintertime in Chicago. Yeah, I was I, now I live in Colorado and I've got much better cold weather clothing. But at the time I was living in Alabama and went, oh, yeah, it's uh, it's the winter, whatever, and went up there and was not prepared. And I was just probably wearing <laughs> jeans and a, just like a fleece jacket or something like that and spent like 30 minutes. And this was almost 30 years ago. So we didn't have quite the GPS uh, that we have in our pockets now with our smartphones. And so I got lost looking for this used bookstore. I don't even remember the name of it anymore. I probably just, my brain froze. And, right. um, but uh, I do absolutely love Chicago. And um, we have our uh, our operations conference coming up in Chicago in May. And we're not really... Uh, you know, marketing that yet. Uh, it's it's not even on our website or it wasn't as of last Friday. Might be today. I haven't looked today mm -hmm. as we're recording this, but um, I'm excited to be there. And so, um, yeah, we have Chicago in our future. So enough about Chicago. Just thought we would uh, talk a little bit about that. So let's talk about what you're doing at AMA. So you're the manager of physician practice development. Talk about your primary focus there, the kind of things that you're working on. I know offline you were telling me you pinch hit and were um, working on podcast at one point, but maybe you do a little bit of everything, but tell us what kind of your primary responsibilities are there. Yeah. So um, obviously we, the AMA supports physicians in all settings, um, but specifically um, what I've been focused on are the independent or private practices and the sustainability for them in the future. And so I oversee the development of the tools and resources um, for physicians in the independent or private setting. Um, and so we know physicians go through years of clinical training and they're not taught really anything about the business um, you know, or administrative side of healthcare or medicine. Um, and so some things that we've been focused on for the last two years is getting a lot of those tools and resources um, out to physicians to educate them on things like credentialing, claim cycle, marketing and branding, um, just general efficiencies in your practice. Um, obviously, I don't expect physicians to be experts in all of those areas. Um, but the idea is just to give them some baseline knowledge so that when they are interacting with their administrators or their managers, um, you know, there's a, a level of understanding between the two there. Um, so from the physician side, we just really want them to have that foundational knowledge um, going forward. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in researching you, one of the things you uh, specialize in is the claims cycle. So. I don't think that's a secret to any of our listeners that that can be a pain point out there. So what are some strategies? What are some best practices you would uh, suggest to overcome some of those biggest pain points there in the claim cycle? Yeah. Um, so as I think a lot of the listeners, most, if not all know um, that the physicians, they really don't have any insight into what all of the steps that go into submitting a claim and actually 
being paid for the services um, that are rendered to patients. And so one thing that I've seen that's really effective is just from a practice standpoint, creating a short high level um, like training guide or course or manual um, for the physicians on the claim cycle that's specific to the practice. Um, and so this helps because it just gives the physicians um, those key points of the claim cycle that will lead to improvement of the overall revenue cycle. Um, so for example, like um, something that I've seen that's really popular and seems to be really effective are creating some um, cheat sheets, I'll call them, um, okay. for um, the most commonly used um, CPT or procedure codes um, for that practice. Obviously, they don't need to know you know, the hundreds of CPT codes that are out there, they just really need to know the important pieces, um, you know, for those specific codes. So whether it's prior authorization, or whether there are some restrictions on the time frame in when you can bill specific codes um, close to each other, um, mm -hmm. that type of thing. So that cheat sheet just really prompts the physician to double check um, you know, is there authorization required? Can I do this procedure today? Um, can I build it for this today? Um, and it just really, you know, prevents lost revenue at the end of the day for the practice and the physician. Yeah. So I'll use your terminology, uh, cheat sheet. So uh, <laughs> it's a tool, it's a, you know, um, anything else that it could be, it probably falls under different names there, but, um, what does it look like? Give us an idea of like, if you were going to work with a physician to help them, because this is no surprise to anyone listening that there's just historical stress and burnout among physicians and others in healthcare. So what you want to do is make their jobs easier, more efficient, any way that you can. So talk to us about uh, what this cheat sheet might look like and, and how you might interact with a physician to help, you know, more efficiently uh, give them some information and where they can do their jobs more efficiently. Yeah. So it honestly, it could even be something as simple as a little piece of paper that they put on the desk in the exam room, or um, I've even seen some practices that will tape it to the side of, um, you know, the computer monitor. So that's mm -hmm. right there. And it's really just um, the name of the procedure. So a lot of practices don't even put the CPT code up there. Um, wow. So they'll just put the name of the procedure and then they will, you know, there'll be a, a note next to it to, mm -hmm. you know, prior authorization required or, um, you know, some of those little notes on needs to be 10 days or 30 days after this procedure. Right. Um, and okay. so some things like that, where it's just really right in front of their face, it's, um, it's not time consuming. They're not looking through a huge manual. Um, it's just, they can just look at it and know if they're good to go or not. Um, but I think the most important thing that that does is it, the physician will stop and and think about, okay, can I do this? And if they don't understand, or if there are additional factors outside of, you know, the common situations, um, then they at least know, okay, let, let me go get my MA or let me go yeah. get, let me call the billing department um, just to make sure that they can do it at that time. Okay. 
In the last few minutes that we have, I wanted to ask you if there are any additional resources or educational opportunities you would recommend to healthcare leaders who might be listening if they want to explore that topic of efficient of physician engagement in the claim cycle. Any resources, anything you want to share with us? Um, yeah. So I, um, in the October edition, I think last year of MGMA Connection, um, I co-authored an article that deep dives into how to engage your physicians in the claim cycle. Um, so that's a great resource. But then also the professional organizations, MGMA has so much just on the overall claim cycle and revenue cycle. Um, the AMA is starting to put out more on the physician side in that space. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's just great, you know, review those, attend the events, talk to other, you know, practices and physicians and see what has worked for them and what hasn't. Um, I think that's, you know, the most important piece. Yeah. So couple more questions and before we leave one thing i want to do is talk about something i brought up earlier that you actually raised your hand so to speak you volunteered to uh from a call out from mgma to be part of this mgma member spotlight you were just talking about um authoring or co-authoring an article that appeared in mgma connection magazine um Talk about that membership. This is the MGMA membership or member spotlight podcast. So talk about what being a member is meant to you and then how you've given back uh, to that. Yeah. So I think being um, an MGA member is great. I wish that I would have done this earlier in my career, um, not only because of the access to all of the educational resources, but um, the member community and the connections that I've made since becoming a member, um, it's just, it's really just grown not only my own personal professional journey, but I've learned things. Um, you know, I've made connections to where then I'm able to highlight MGMA members as subject matter experts in, um, some of the AMA resources that I'm creating and, um, you know, vice versa. And so I just think, um, you know, that, the educational resources are fantastic. And, you know, the networking piece is, um, I, I don't know <laughs> how to quantify it. It's, um, yeah. it's just really valuable there. That's so cool. Um, and it's really neat that you come from a unique perspective. You're an employee at AMA, but you're, you know, an MGMA member. So there is that kind of cross pollination and you're getting, some great uh, information and resources from both associations. So that is really, really cool. So one thing that I've been doing, because this is early in January of 2024, is the guests I've been asking them about any goals or aspirations or resolutions or anything like that that you may have. So are you a goal setter or a resolutions maker, anything like that? And if so, what's what's going on in your world? I you know, I, I am from the standpoint that, you know, at work, we have to set our goals <laughs> for the year. Um, right. and so I think, um, one of the biggest things, um, is just really to continue networking. I think last year I really jumped in, um, head first into, um, meeting new people and just connecting and talking about their experiences. Um, and I am very much an introvert. And so, that's out of my comfort zone. And I just want to continue growing that um, this year. And, you know, the MGMA conferences are some of my favorites. It's um, 
actually one of the connections that I met at a conference um, is the reason that I submitted um, the um, call to action for this member spotlight. So it's, yeah, we'll just keep going down that road. That is so cool. All right. Well, Taylor, thank you so much for joining us on the MGMA Member Spotlight podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, everybody. That is going to do it for this episode. Uh, again, we're joined by Taylor Johnson, Manager, Physician Practice Development at the American Medical Association. Um, it's been great getting to know her, and we want to get to know y'all as well. So for this member spotlight podcast, shoot me a note, dwilliams at mgma.com. I'll also put that in the episode show notes, or just go to the mgma.com website and look for that green button ask mgma drop a note in there as well just say hey i want to be on there <laughs> or i have a question for senior advisor christy good and we'll be back in touch with y'all so until then thanks for being a listener of the mgma podcast network Most physicians don't have the opportunity to learn the business of medicine. What docs don't get taught, Physician Business Training is a course developed by MGMA and administrators from Johns Hopkins University School of Medicine. This interactive course provides in-depth physician business training that can drive personal and organizational success. Purchase now for yourself or your organization at physicianbusinesstraining.com and earn eight hours of CME credit. Again, go to physicianbusinesstraining.com to purchase and to learn more.